The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. A major attack was launched against masculinity this week. It was launched, hard to believe, by the Boy Scouts of America. By now, I'm sure you have heard about the Boy Scouts' decision to welcome in girls. Bring the dames into the Boy Scouts. Well, I am not happy about it. And I'll tell you why I'm not happy about it. We will delve into that because, as always, there is more to the story than meets the eye. And it has to do with the national organization of ugly women that can't get a man if their life depended on it. We will get to that in depth. We will talk about some cigar-related news. The fires going on in California and wine country, Napa, Sonoma. Unreal. And one of the vineyards that I visited wiped out. I'll tell you about that. And also we'll talk about that scumbag Harvey Weinstein a little bit later on. Also in the second hour, we will conduct Cigar Oktoberfest tasting maneuvers as I bring you a taste of testing of 14 different beers from Southern Tier Brewing. Back in August, I spent uh, half a day up at Southern Tier Brewing, Lakewood, New York, with Mike Osgood, Director of Hospitality. We will talk about their brewery, talk about uh, some of their great beers as we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest all month of October. Long Ash greetings and salutations. A Long Ash snappy salute. Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha, make America great again. The global five-star, the global Alpha male-in-chief front and center from Command Center Alpha, Humidor 1A in the Cigar City. I invite you, as always, to check out the uh, latest updates at CigarDave.com. Specifically, go to the upper right-hand corner, and you will be able to follow along on all the various social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I'm doing my best to now reach out not only into, into Twitter, but also into the uh, Facebook space and Instagram as well. Now, let's talk about the Boy Scouts of America. By now, I am sure, I am sure you are most familiar with what the Boy Scouts announced earlier this week. The Board of Directors of the Boy Scouts of America unanimously, and this is what's disturbing, they unanimously approved to welcome girls into their Cub Scout program and to create a program, a scouting program for older girls that will enable them to earn the highest rank of Eagle Scout. The Boy Scouts stated this decision comes after years of receiving requests from families and girls 
and surveys that were sent out to various families in which the respondents indicated that they wanted to allow girls the same type of scouting experience as boys, and that many families, Asian families and, and Hispanic families, thought it was important that boys, or that their girls could enjoy and experience the same type of program. That is a load of baloney. They said 90% of respondents indicated interest in programs like the Cub Scouts and an Eagle Scout program for girls. Sorry, I am not buying it. This is the latest salvo, the latest frontal attack on masculinity. It is the latest attack on from the feminists to make boys more masculized or emasculated than they already are. Now let's go through and talk about this at length because I'm going to give you a perspective that you have not heard on other media and other talk shows and, and, and on the cable news channels and on the cable news networks. And I want to spend time on this. In fact, I may be spending the first half hour of this show on it because it's that important. This isn't just about the Boy Scouts. This is far, far deeper. What's one of the ways, let me give you a couple of the ways that the feminists have attacked masculinity. They have, they have started to indoctrinate young boys, middle schoolers, high schoolers, college students, that masculinity is something that is toxic, it's inappropriate, it's repressive, it's obsolete, it is the cause of all the violence against women, and that basically every boy that is born today, if there's a lick of testosterone in that boy's body from the time they come out of the mother's womb, they are born with evil intent. They are born to be a sexual predator. They are born to be evil. Now you say to yourself, ah, come on, that's general. That's really being on the extreme side. No, it really isn't. Because what we are witnessing now, and the Boy Scouts, the latest example of them succumbing and capitulating to the pressure. Now, before I go into the backstory, let me tell you what some of the Boy Scout officials had to say when they made this announcement earlier this week. Mike, Michael Serbaugh, the Boy Scouts of America chief scout executive. Oh, they don't have a chief executive. He's the chief scout executive. Quote, we believe it is critical to evolve how our programs meet the needs of families interested in positive and lifelong experiences for their children. We strive to bring what our organization does best, developing character and leadership for young people to as many families and youth as possible as we help shape the next generation of leaders. I'm sorry. Is there the term girls in the words Boy Scouts of America? The Boy Scouts of America's mission is not to develop character and leadership for young people. It's to develop character and leadership in boys. And not to as many family and youth as possible, but to as many boys as possible. Randall Stevenson, who is the chairman of the board, maybe I should call him the wussified chairman of the board. He is the, also the uh, CEO of AT&T. Makes you wonder about the leadership of AT&T when you got a wussified beta that rolls over like a dead dog to the feminists. And again, I'm going to give you the backstory here. I don't want to, I'm not going to bury the lead, but I'm going to get to the backstory momentarily. 
Randall Stevenson said the Boy Scouts of America's record of producing leaders with high characters and integrity is amazing. Notice how they're not saying boys. Now, the Boy Scouts of America have been around for 100 years. But he's not mentioning boys. He's saying record of producing leaders. No, record of producing boy leaders, male leaders. They're avoiding the term male or boys in every one of their canned statements. He says that the BSA's record of producing leaders with high character or integrity is amazing. I've seen nothing that develops leadership skills and discipline like this organization. It is time to make these outstanding leadership development programs available to girls. Has Randall Stevenson and the board of the Boy Scouts of America not heard of another organization called the Girl Scouts? Is he unaware of the Girl Scouts who've been around for 90 years? Now, there is some acrimony between the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts. You may not know this, but at one time, the Boy Scouts actually sued the Girl Scouts because when the Girl Scouts were formed, they said that they were, it's like trademark violation. They actually went back and, and sued the Girl Scouts. Now, the relationship is certainly far better today, and they've actually worked together on a number of projects. And my feeling is, if there was such a huge call a huge demand for families and girls that wanted to become to 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 become eagle scouts and to have similar programs as the boy scouts then why didn't the boy scouts why didn't the boy scouts call the girl scouts get with the girl scouts executive leadership and their board and say look we're getting a lot of these requests we would be happy to create a program and work with you on a program for girls that would be administered for girls but would take many of the basic tenets of Boy Scouts, uh, of the Boy Scouts, and we'll be happy to share that with you. But we don't want to have girls into the Boy Scouts. Why didn't the Boy Scouts do that? I'll tell you why. Because the membership of the Boy Scouts has been sinking and dropping faster than a 500-ton lead brick falling from a 50-story building. Here's the reality that the Boy Scouts of America doesn't want to admit. At one time, the Membership in Boy Scouts of America was north of 6 million boys. Today, it's less than 2.5 million boys. Now, there are numerous reasons for the change. If you take a look, more boys today are participating in youth sports, more year-round sports, more club teams. They're traveling. They're, they're focusing on different items. They're not into the outdoor camping experience. Apparently, there are less boys that want to go camping and shit out in the woods. So can we look at that and say, well, gee, the Boy Scouts need to now admit girls? No. What we see is times change. The times have changed. Boy Scouting does not have the same cachet as it once did. Now, I'm not disparaging the Boy Scouts. Personally, I had zero interest in going into the Boy Scouts. I was a natural-born leader. I am a natural-born leader. I didn't need to learn leadership skills out in the woods and camping. But there are people that enjoy the camping, and they do great work, and they do teach leadership skills. But it's not for everybody. It's not for every kid. You can't force someone to be in the Boy Scouts. You can't force them. But for many kids that go into the Cub Scouts and then become a Boy Scout, it's a great program. And I, I, I highly acknowledge the great work that the Boy Scouts do. And if you take a look at many of today's leaders, they were all Boy Scouts. Great program. It's a, it's a very worthy endeavor. But it is not worthy for the Boy Scouts of America board 
to acquiesce and allow women into the organization. So membership is dwindling. They're getting nervous. But wait, there's more to the story. I will tell you the backstory of what prompted the Boy Scouts to admit girls when we continue around the corner. The General is always on Twitter, delivering breaking news, giving you the latest intel on cigars, and battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with the General now at Cigar Dave Show. Before I tell you about the October 2017 Officers Club selection, I have to mention my Syracuse Orange Men. A huge program-changing win last night as the Dino Babers coached Syracuse Orange Men in the Loud House. Upset, number two ranked Clemson. Huge. I've got to be honest, I did not see that one coming. In fact, A number of friends of mine said, hey, we're going to watch the game Friday night. I said, yeah, I'm going to watch it too. We're going to get whacked. But as my good buddy Lee Corso would say, not so fast, my friend. Syracuse with a huge upset win. Could not believe it. It was fandemonium at the Carrier Dome. The Loud House last night had to break out a celebratory victory cigar. I pulled out a Partagas 150. I have a huge selection in my Pleasure Palace humidor, but the Partagas 150, a very special cigar that was released about 21 years ago to celebrate the 150th anniversary of Partagas. I still have about 30 of them left. I only break them out on special occasions. Last night, Syracuse, upsetting. Number two ranked Clemson was one of those occasions. All right, the October 2017 Officers Club selection features two cigars from Rocky Patel. It is the, first of all, the Hamlet 25th year and the Tabaquero by Hamlet Paredes. Hamlet Paredes defected from Cuba a couple of years ago, joined Rocky Patel, a master blender, master roller, came out this year with a Hamlet 25th year, incredible cigar, medium-flavored, beautiful Ecuadorian wrapper, Pennsylvania broadleaf binder, just a phenomenal cigar. You'll get two of those and one of the Tabaqueros by Hamlet Paredes he launched about, launched about two years ago. Full-flavored cigar, October 2017 Officers Club selection. If you're not a member of the Officers Club, go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, $22.95 gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. I know you will enjoy the October 2017 selection. The Girl Scouts are not taking the Boy Scouts' decision to admit women lightly. Their statement read, and I quote, The Boy Scouts' house is on fire. We're the best leadership organization in the world for girls, and no one can do what we do. Diversity is our strength. They went on to say, Girl Scouts is the best girl leadership organization in the world created with and for girls. We believe strongly in the importance of the all-girl, girl-led, and girl-friendly environment that Girl Scouts provides, which creates a free space for girls to learn and thrive. And I totally agree. And I agree that the Boy Scouts should be an organization only for boys. It's very important for boys at that age to be 
to learn, uh, to, to, to experience from someone who's an alpha male, teach them leadership skills. That's a very important time in boys' lives when they're in the Cub Scouts and ultimately in the Boy Scouts. But as always, there's a backstory, as Ron Popeil would say, but wait, there's more. Why did the Boy Scouts capitulate? Why did the Boy Scouts change from being from over 100 years an all-boys organization now to allowing girls? Well, it seems that the National Organization of Women, or as I like to prefer to it, the National Organization of Ugly Women that couldn't get a man and get laid if their life depended on it, are behind the move of the Boy Scouts admitting women. Back in February, a, a young girl decided that she wanted to become a Boy Scout, that she wanted to experience going through being an Eagle Scout. A teenager in New York named Sydney Ireland, she wanted to attain the rank of Eagle Scout just like her older brother. And so she made a big deal, and she went or somehow the National Organization of Ugly Women got a hold of this and decided in February to demand the Boy Scout end, and I quote, their discriminatory policies against girls. So by that very same statement, would it not mean that the Girl Scouts are discriminatory because they don't allow boys? Now, you could interpret it that, but I say no. Every organization should be allowed to admit whom they want. I believe in discrimination. I believe that if a male-only organization, if I want to have a male-only organization consisting only of alpha males, no betas, and only those of us that enjoy cigars, I should be able to set up that club. Now, people that don't smoke cigars and are worse if I betas may say, well, General, whoa, that's discriminatory. You're damn right it is. There is a place in this world for clubs of women, of boys, of men, of girls. If ladies want to go have a lunch and shopping club, fine. If they want to have an all-women executive club, fine. No problem. But this nonsense that every club has to open itself up to everyone else is total, just, is, is ludicrous. The National Organization of Women said girls should just have the opportunity to be a member of any organization they want, regardless of gender. Sorry, wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. This decision is part of the toxic third wave of feminism that has had its effect on organizations and people who run them. They basically capitulate. The Boy Scouts in no way, shape, or form are discriminatory. Any boy can join. Just like any girl can join the Girl Scouts, but you can't be a boy to join the Girl Scouts. Is that discriminatory? No. I mean, to a degree, sure. But they allow any religion. They allow any ethnic group. They allow any, any, any race. But we're missing the sight of the importance of these groups. The Girl Scouts for the development of girls, the Boy Scouts for the development of boys and alphas in training. There is a great op-ed piece in the Washington Examiner. I don't have the time to get into it, but we will put a, post a link. And it says, does the headline, does the Boy Scouts' acceptance of girls mean the end of men? And I can tell you, that is exactly what the National Organization of Women want. They want the end of a separate, of, of masculine men. They believe 
progressive feminists believe that they're entitled to have feminists, have women superior to men, and that men and masculinity should be eliminated. They've started it in high school. They've started in college. Now they want to do it very young with the Boy Scouts. They want to not, they, they, they want to, what they want to do is teach and indoctrinate young, malleable boys that masculinity is toxic. What's, what, what's the big phrase we hear on college campuses? Toxic masculinity. We have to have classes on toxic masculinity. We have to address toxic masculinity. There is no such thing as toxic masculinity. Men are, especially alphas, we are masculine. We're proud to be masculine. That doesn't mean that if you're a male, you go and beat the living daylights out of someone, out of a female. That's not, I'm sorry, like Harvey Weinstein, he's a scumbag. He's not representative of most males, of the majority, almost 99% of men in this country and in this world. But what they want to do is take young boys, they want to take their malleable minds and turn them into feminized lemmings. That's exactly what they want to do. They want boys to lose any identification of their gender. That is fact. The feminists... The National Organization of Women have gone too far, but shame on the Boy Scouts of America for rolling over. Shame on Randall Stevenson, the CEO of AT&T and the chairman of the board of directors of the Boy Scouts. Shame on him and every member that voted unanimously to allow girls. They have shown that what they, in fact, what I would suggest is they need to go into the Boy Scouts and learn leadership skills because they're a bunch of giant pansy-ass wussies. In fact, we ought to change the name of the Boy Scouts now. We're letting women in. Why don't we change it to the Pussy Scouts? The Pussycat Scouts. There you go. Let's change that name. Sorry. Enough is enough with these feminists. Wouldn't it be nice if the Boy Scouts said to the feminists, the National Organization of Ugly Women, and I'm looking, by the way, at their, 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 the National Organization of Women president. Oh, my God. Talk about an ugly dame. Disastrous. Wouldn't it be nice if the board and the CEO and, and all those execs at the Boy Scouts told the National Organization of Women, we are an organization founded for boys. We will continue to be an organization for boys. There are the Girl Scouts, and the Girl Scouts would have happily joined the Boy Scouts saying, we believe in having separate groups. Shame on those wussified bales, on those males. It is, a, it is disgusting. The October selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is a Rocky Patel sampler, including Tabaquero by Hamlet Paredes. This cigar features a robust San Andreas wrapper with filler from Nicaragua and binders from Brazil and Mexico. This cigar is the closest a smoker can get to a fusion of Cuban craftsmanship and Nicaraguan ingenuity. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get premium cigars shipped directly to you each month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm -hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the Silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper, fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. 
crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium diamond crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. safety and sanity. The general has turned on the no nagging sign. Naggy dames may now exit the man cave. Before we conduct the National Cigar Litation Ceremony, I want to spend a few minutes with some concluding comments about the Boy Scouts of America's decision to allow girls. And this is, as I mentioned, this was instigated by one girl in New York who got the attention of the National Organization of Women, or really the National Organization of Ugly Women that can't get a man and can't get laid, who screamed discrimination towards the Boy Scouts, and the Boy Scouts' leadership just rolled over like a bunch of wussified betas. The real intent of these feminists and many of these other progressive groups, they want to push the idea that Boys and girls are the same, that, that there's no difference between them. And so what they really want to do is neuter boys, but allow girls, and I don't say become feminine, because really when you look at feminists, they're not feminine at all. There's nothing feminine about them. They're not pretty. They're not attractive. They don't fix themselves up. Most of these are what I call chicks with Richards. And if you use the name, the, the short, the abbreviation for Richard, the nickname for Richard, say it out. Chicks with Richards, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. They are glorified men is what they are. You know, they got, they've got goatees, they got hair on their face, hair on their armpits. It's really not attractive. And so they're so miserable that they have to make other women miserable. And who do they, who do they wag their finger at and say that are the, are the, really the, the fault of every problem women have and the glass ceiling and all this other nonsense? It's men and the toxic masculinity. And so what they want to do is say, well, there's really no difference between boys and girls. There shouldn't be any differences between the sexes. We're all equal. So therefore, let's just have everybody together. But, oh, by the way, we're going to emasculate the boys at a young age. So that the boys will be emasculated, but the women, yeah, we're still going to empower them so that they take an alpha role. It's exactly what they want we should embrace the differences between the sexes, between boys and girls. Girls like playing with dolls. Girls like having little tea parties. Boys like sports. Boys like doing boy things. Instead of saying we should all be together as one, we should say, hey, embrace the change. Don't we always hear from the progressives and the libs saying, we should embrace diversity. We should embrace the, ch the differences between us. We hear that ad nauseum, so much to the point that I'm fed up with hearing it. When I hear a mayor or a governor saying, we should embrace our diversity. 
Enough already. Everybody knows the United States is a melting pot. It has been for umpteen hundred years. We don't need to have it regurgitated and shoved down our throats. But don't we always hear from the progressives and the libs, we should embrace our change, our differences. Great. Boys and girls and men and women are different. So let's embrace it. But when it comes to that, they don't want to embrace it. Why? Because they don't like boys and men being masculine. They don't like the testosterone flowing through their uh, veins. They don't like a decisive, strong alpha male. Because deep down, feminists are insecure. They know they can't hang with attractive women. They know that men don't give them a second look, wouldn't look at them in a million years. So they are, they really have low self-esteem and low self-confidence to begin with. Because most women that are feminists don't have to tell you that are feminists. Most women that are that are successful in their careers, that are educated, they don't wave around, walk around with a flag saying, I am woman, hear me roar. They just go about their business and they earn the respect from people because of the fact of how they carry themselves. But it's these ugly feminists, again, that have to go and scream up and down at the top of their lungs that we are feminists and we are coming after men. What the feminists want to do, the, 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 this new wave of feminists, the third wave, the National Organization of Ugly Women, what they want to do is devalue men to the point of extinction. I have stated this all along. They want alpha males to be extinct. Alpha males are almost extinct. But because my single-handed leadership, I am bringing back the alpha. We are converting betas. We are converting men from one beta to alpha one at a time. It is not easy. We have to break 30, 40 years of the, uh, longer of the feminist nonsense. But we are doing it. We are doing it. We are making men to be uh, proud to be men, proud to be alphas, proud to be confident, proud to be decisive. But what these feminists want to do is devalue men to the point of extinction. When you look at Generation X and the millennials today, many of them believe, even the, the, the boys, even the men, they believe that men should be obsolete, that there should be a unisex type thing, that there should be no differences in the sexes. Look at all the millennials and these Generation X you see on college campuses. They are giant wussified betas. They are pathetic. There's not one decisive bone in their body. They're like little pansy-ass girls walking around campus. The way they talk, the way they complain, it's pathetic. In this op-ed piece by in the Washington Times by Nicole Russell entitled, Does the Boy Scout's Acceptance of Girls Mean the End of Men? She brings up a very good point. She says, the Boy Scouts aren't just allowing girls into their clubs. They're barring boys from having their own boys club, removing an essential aspect of boys' development, including emotional maturity, self-confidence, and self-awareness. This will further evolve into boys feeling they must either conform to act like girls, which many of them already do, even though the Boy Scouts promised the male and female dens would be separate or slowly lose value as their own entity altogether. Either or both results are damaging for boys' self-esteem as it affects the men they will be later become, and as such, how they will further influence society at large as adults. Well, we're already, we've seen that for the last 40, 50 years. We have seen that. We have seen these, these boys that have, grow, that, that have had these beta influences where the father is not alpha, wussified beta, the mother uh, runs the show, the, 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 
portrayal of wussified beta men in Hollywood, that men are either violent, they are predators, or they are dumb oafs and dumb lemmings, like everybody loves Raymond. You look at Raymond, hi Raymond, I'm Raymond, what do I do, Deborah? here's my paycheck. That's the stereotype we see in Hollywood. The man works his ass off, comes on Friday, he's not responsible with his money, gives his paycheck to his wife, and she basically runs the show. That's what we've seen. Enough is enough. And shame on the board of the Boy Scouts for capitulating to one girl and one organization, the National Organization of Women, who frankly today are irrelevant. And what really irks the National Organization of Women is that most young women today, they don't need the National Organization of Women. They don't need now. They know they can go to college. They know they can go into any profession they want. They know they can be successful. They know there is no baloney glass ceiling. But the National Organization of Women only derives their power from making women feel as if they're still downtrodden. So therefore, what's one of the ways they can be relevant? Let's show that males, that the Boy Scouts are discriminatory. Just like when they went after Augusta National because they didn't have female members. As I said, I believe in discrimination. If you want to have a club that says, hey, we only want people who were born in a specific state that only allow, uh, that, that, that enjoy single malt scotch over 18 years of age, great. You should have that right. If it's not getting government funds, do what the hell you want. That is my belief. Now, you may say, well, wait a minute, General. Hold on. That means that clubs could only allow certain ethnic groups and religions. Yep, you got it. I don't want to be a member of any club that doesn't want to have me. So if a club says, hey, we only allow certain uh, uh, professions or certain monetary amounts, uh, c certain income levels, great. That's their right. I don't want to be a member of a club that doesn't want to have me. I don't want to be a token member of any club. If they don't want to have me, guess what? I have the self-esteem and confidence to say, screw them. I don't need to be a member. I don't need, I don't need my confidence and my self-worth to be determined by some stupid-ass club. Trust me, I know there have been many clubs, country clubs and city clubs, that didn't allow various religious groups. And my answer was, great, that's their right. And other religious groups set up their own clubs. And other ethnic groups set up their clubs. That is their right. The Boy Scouts are entitled to discriminate against girls. The Girl Scouts are entitled to discriminate against boys. Those clubs were set up for one specific purpose, to nurture and develop the specific gender in which the clubs are named, period. And how ridiculous that in 2017, the CEO and chairman of a Fortune 100 company doesn't have the NADS, doesn't have the alpha character to tell the National Organization of Women and one girl, sorry, we're not going to allow you in because we are a boys' organization. We'll be happy to work with the Girl Scouts in creating a program like this, but it's not going to happen in the Boy Scouts. Randall Stevenson the president of the Boy Scouts Board of Directors and the entire Board of Directors as well as all the leadership of the Boy Scouts have, should resign immediately because they are wussified betas. And the example they have set for the boys, the 2.3 million boys that belong to that organization, is unacceptable. What they have told every boy in that group is that if somebody doesn't like what you're doing, you immediately roll over like a wussified beta dead dog and acquiesce to the demands of any, anything they want. That is unacceptable. Enough is enough. 
All right, when we come back, tell you what, Sergeant Steve, let's, uh, we're going to roll the National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony, or just the Litation Ceremony, into the next segment. A couple of items. Next hour, we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest in an alpha male sort of way. As uh, back in August, I spent a half day up at Southern Tier Brewing up in Lakewood, New York. Their beers are available nationwide. I sampled 14 of their beers with Mike Osgood, the director of hospitality, in their brew pub and in the brewery. Had a fantastic time. Those of you that are a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, good news. The October 2000, correction, the September 2017 selection of uh, the La Polina Sampler, the La Polina Connecticut Nicaragua, the La Polina Classic Natural, and the La Polina Maduro. It was delayed due to the Hurricane Hurricane Irma. It shipped last Saturday and Monday. And I know that many people in the state of Florida got their cigars on Tuesday. I received reports of people in the Northeast and Midwest getting them Thursday and yesterday. So for those of you on the West Coast, you should have them today and by Monday, hopefully. And if you have not received them, you've got any issues, call Officers Club member service. If you go to CigarDave.com, the number is smack dab right on the homepage. So the La Polina Sampler, which was the September selection, those were shipped. And on the info insert that we include in every Officers Club shipment, we put a special note on there so you would know, even though you're getting those in October, those were the September 2017 cigars. Now, the October 2017 selection, consisting of two Hamlet 25th year and one Tabacero by Hamlet Paredes, those are shipping early next week. Those are on time, so we were back on track. Hurricane Irma caused massive disruptions, as you know. But the good news is, if you're a member of the Officers Club, you will be receiving your October 2017 selection of Hamlet 25th year and Tabacero by Hamlet Paredes sometime mid to late next week. And the La Polina Sampler, the September 2017 selection, most of you should already have them. Many of you on the West Coast and in Hawaii and Alaska should be receiving them probably today or Monday or Tuesday at the latest. So if you're not a member of the Officers Club, go to CigarDave.com, $22.95 per month. Gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. The National Cigar Litation Ceremony comes your way next. If you miss any of the general show, you can catch up anytime with the Cigar Dave mobile app. Presented by Diamond Crown. Listen to the most recent show simply by opening the app with our continuous replay. Or you can download a podcast of a past show. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store to get it. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. 
Surgeon General warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, as I mentioned in the last segment, the September 2017 selection, the Officers Club selection, consisted of the La Polina Connecticut Nicaragua, the La Polina Classic Natural, and the La Polina Maduro. We received those uh, earlier this week. Probably by early next week, everybody in the country will have theirs. They were delayed due to the uh, power outages and uh, other issues with Hurricane Irma. But the September 2017 selection, the lead cigar, the La Polina Connecticut Nicaragua, I absolutely have fallen in love with. And that is the cigar I will enjoy today. It is the first Nicaraguan release from La Polina. It is mild to medium bodied. It is smooth. It is creamy. Just a magnificent cigar, notes of uh, honey, of sweetness. It's fabulous. Love the Connecticut Ecuadorian wrapper. Love the uh, Nicaraguan and uh, Honduran fillers. Made at A.J. Fernandez, who does a great job making incredible cigars. And I told uh, Sam Phillips and, and Clay Roberts of La Polina and Bill Paley, I said, love all your cigars, but this La Polina Connecticut Nicaragua is one of those great any time of day or night cigars. It is great in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, with any food, any libation, just a beautiful cigar, and that's what I will enjoy today. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready to go. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. From the Cigar Dave Signature... Or I should say the Cigar Dave Research and Development Laboratories. We've got the Cigar Dave Research and Development Inspired Supersonic. Because if you look at this thing, it looks like a supersonic uh, plane. It's got the engine. It, actually, the flame coming out of this thing looks like the back of an SST. That's what I would use today. The flame jumps out about four inches. This thing is huge. Man, I'll tell you, in the winter, if you're a little cold, fire this thing up, and you've got heat throughout your entire house. Cigar, Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Beautiful. Perfect cut, as always. Let me toast the foot of this cigar. The La Polina, Connecticut, Nicaragua. Very nice cigar. 
very reasonably priced, uh, probably in the $7, $8 category, but very, very nice. Beautiful construction, nice band, has a secondary band on it. Let me puff and rotate. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Great draw. Wow. Great initial flavor. Mm. Let me puff on the foot of the cigar. Beautiful. Have a nice, even amber glow. My La Polina, Connecticut, Nicaragua is fully lit, ready for enjoyment. And as I mentioned, those of you that are a member of the Officers Club, you will be enjoying this cigar too. You probably have already if you receive your shipment. And if you're on the West Coast, Alaska, Hawaii, you should have it today or by Monday. All right, fantastic. So my cigar is now lit on Wednesday. Martha McCallum, who does the 7 o'clock hour on Fox, had Laura Ingram on as a guest, and they ended up talking about the Boy Scouts' decision to admit girls. And it uh, it evolved into a conversation about pedicures and manicures, and I want to play the audio for you right now. I think people are tired of this. Boys should be able to have a boys club. Girls should be able to have a girls club. And if they want to have a club where boys and girls are doing activities together, that's fine too. But this is just more madness. And I think most parents are tired of it. Most people are tired of it. And it's a very small, radical group of gender benders mm-hmm. out there in the culture yeah. who want to say there's no difference between boys it, and girls. It's sort of They're the all the same. De-gender-gender-gender-ification uh, of the country, that anything that designates boys and girls or men and women is, is becoming taboo. Hey, Martha, um, I have a question for you. When yes, you ma'am. go to a nail salon, if you do go to a nail salon, I don't like, do you like men being next to you if you're getting a pedicure? <laughs> I don't like that. I don't really like men that care that much about their, you know, to that detail about their appearance personally. I'm like, really? Thank you. You're really here to get your your fingernails done? Thank you. I don't like going there myself anyway, but, you know. We want, yeah, but we want a zone of privacy (laughs) for beautification. Okay, we want to go to your other places. We don't want to see your hairy feet. Not so fast, Laura and Martha. Now, I don't do pedicures. And I can relate to that because you do see some guys in the pedicure chair. It's not pretty sight. But I do manicures every week. Yes, I like having polished nails. I like having nice nails. The dames love it. I don't like having dirt under my fingernails or, or bitten fingernails. And sorry, Martha, but most women, you are in the minority, most women love for their alpha male to be properly groomed. And being properly groomed also includes having a manicure, looking the part. So, Martha, maybe you don't appreciate it. And, Laura, maybe you don't appreciate an alpha male and actually, I think Laura Ingram's the type that would more respect an alpha male than a wussified beta male because she is strong and she'd walk all over a beta. She's the kind of woman that needs a strong alpha. But I can tell you that I disagree with Martha, and I guess to an extension, Laura. I want to go in. I want to get my manicure. It is relaxing. And by the way, I'm not going to be getting a pedicure anytime soon. So I'll get my manicure. I mind my own business. There are many women in there, actually, that come and tell me, they go, I wish my husband, I wish my boyfriend would come and get a manicure. So, ladies, you are in the minority. Now, very quickly, Jose Oliva, who is the uh, co-CEO of Oliva Cigars down in Miami. He and his brothers uh, started Oliva Cigars back in 1995. They sold uh, last year to Jay Cortez, a Belgian cigar maker. But Jose has been very active in Florida politics for the last, oh, six, seven years or so. Elected as a representative down in Miami Lakes. He was just elected to be the uh, House Speaker for the 
a two-year post beginning in January 2019 if Republicans retain control of the State House, as is expected. He is a libertarian, very pro-business, like small government. He's got a uh, what they call the frat house, very close to the governor's mansion. There's about four guys that all uh, room together, like a, a crash pad. On the patio, on the on the on the outdoor veranda, they've got cigars, they've got dominoes, they got a bar. It is the most happening place in Tallahassee. Democrats, Republicans, great bonding session. So congratulations to Jose Oliva. Our number two of the Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. We sample 14 beers from Southern Tier Brewing as we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest. The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general. Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Well, after pontificating about the stupid decision the Boy Scouts of America made, I am pleased to say that this hour we will spend our time on an alpha male pursuit, something we enjoy as we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest, and that, of course, is drinking fine spirits, fine beer. And when I was up in Buffalo for the Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water mid-August, I ventured down to Lakewood, New York, just about an hour and a half south of Buffalo, and spent a half day down at Southern Tier Brewing with Mike Osgood, the Director of Hospitality. And we talked about their incredible craft brew story. They're now available nationwide. Their Imperial Pumpkin Imperial Ale has just flown off the shelves, put them on the map. Their 2X IPA, we sampled 14 different beers, including their Chocolate Orange Stout, which is off the charts and their Citra IPA. So now we go up to Southern Tier Brewing, Lakewood, New York. I'm in the tasting room at Southern Tier Brewing in Lakewood, New York, right by Chautauqua Lake, just about an hour and a half south of Buffalo as we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest. I'm joined by Mike Osgood, the Director of Hospitality for Southern Tier Brewing. Mike, did you get the short end of the straw as the Director of Hospitality to, uh, to give me the tour of the tasting? <laughs> Uh, no, no, no. I, I, I'm a cigar lover and I love all the whiskeys, so um, this was a pleasure of mine to, to be able to uh, show you guys around and, and uh, sample some beers. It's, it's uh, definitely my pleasure. I know you're a big cigar guy and you told me some of the cigars. What are your favorites? I uh, love uh, everything Padron. Uh, 46th anniversary, 3064. Um, love Maduro's, so uh, Brock Mattel, 90. Vintage 92, um, anything A.J. Fernandez, uh, anything Camacho. Got good taste, I'll tell you that, so far. <laughs> the next time you go down to Miami or Naples, you let me know, and I'll make sure we get you a nice tour with the uh, Padron family, George Padron, uh, Orlando and Jose Padron, obviously very close friends, and Rocky Patel, Nish Patel, Nimish Desai. 
trust me, when you go down there, uh, prepare to uh, spend a few days because uh, you'll be inebriated the entire time. Oh, I, I, I'm used to that. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mike, tell me, director of hospitality, how'd you get that gig? How'd you get that title? What do you do? Um, so basically, I, I run all the the, the um, bars and restaurants that are in the in the Southern Tier Brewing Company. My history with the brewery goes way back um, to the very beginning uh, when. We were, I was managing a restaurant, which was the first draft account for Southern Tier Brewing Company. And remember Finn coming into the restaurant and selling Southern Tier Brewing Company mild ale. Um, from that point, we took on Southern Tier. We were the first draft account. I poured the first Southern Tier beer. Uh, I worked at his grand opening, and I've kept in touch with Finn for uh, many years until he opened up this beautiful facility that we have now, and he asked me to come on board and, and work for him. Um, I've been here for now seven years, uh, running the tasting rooms, and uh, it's been a wonderful ride. It's a wonderful family. I have nothing but wonderful things to say about them. And you're referring to Finn, who is the founder of what is Finn's last name? Demink. Finn, uh, Finn Demink, who is the founder of uh, and the owner of, of, of Southern Tier Brewing, and also a partner in Southern Tier Distilling. And in, in fact, the distillery, where the distillery is now, was the original Southern Tier Brewing before you built this mammoth new brewery. Yes. Uh, we moved up here about seven and a half years ago from where the distillery location is. Uh, when we moved up here, we were about a 17, 18,000 barrel a year uh, annual production brewery. And to where we're at today, uh, seven and a half years later, we're about 120,000 barrel a year uh, production brewery. Well, I know that Southern Tier Brewing's products, beers, are available in the Cigar City of Tampa, where I reside, because I've had the pumpkin. In fact, we've sampled many of their double IPA. Uh, we've sampled many of their great uh, beers on Cigar Oktoberfest over the last number of years. Give us the history with, uh, with Finn and starting Southern Tier Brewing. What was his background? How did it all start? Sure. Uh, Finn started off um, brewing beer in his garage. And, uh, Here in Lakewood? Uh, no, in uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. He went to brew school, uh, started as a head brewer for Ellicottville Brewing Company in Ellicottville, and then uh, moved to Chicago, worked for Goose Island Brewing, uh, also met his wife at Ellicottville, and they wanted to move back to the town of Lakewood, and they started Southern Tier from that. Uh, what year was that? 2002. 2002, so yes. we're rough about 15 years into yes. Southern Tier's history. Yes. 15 years ago, uh, and that's again about 2003 is when uh, they, I met Finn and we, he was really starting to produce uh, beer for, for distribution. So Finn not only was the owner and the head brewer, he was also the head salesperson because he yes. went to go see just accounts initially right around the Jamestown area mm -hmm. and Lakewood and the Chautauqua Lake area. Yes, and then moved up to Buffalo and then uh, throughout the state of uh, New York and to New York City and then down into Pennsylvania, uh, going down to Pittsburgh and then out in Ohio and going to Cleveland. So uh, he has lots of stories of delivering beer uh, himself in box trucks uh, to the different bar lo uh, different locations. Uh, so he started off very small and a lot of hard work, obviously a very good product and a lot of dedication to get to the point where we're at today. On the blend portfolio, if you look at all the different blends here, and, and we'll name them all momentarily, but the double, the 2X IPA really certainly very popular. Uh, to a degree, I say it puts you on the map, sort of the pumpkin, but do you believe that people have an impression that most of your beers are on the fuller flavored size? Because that two times IPA definitely has a lot of kick to it. 
Yeah, I mean, we're known for being a very flavorful brewery between our IPAs. We're really well known for our IPAs between IPA, 2X IPA, our, our new school IPA, uh, and then also all of our Black Water series. Our Imperial Stouts are extremely flavorful. We have one on tap today, our Chocolate Orange, which is a 10% Imperial Stout. We do all of these beers very, very well. Hoppy beers, stouts. Uh, we also have a very flavorful sour beer on tap today, uh, which is called Cherry Goza, and that's an imperial sour, uh, it, very bitter cherry, very sour from uh, the brewing process that we use for this beer. Um, definitely a very strong, flavorful beer profile. We'll continue our Cigar Oktoberfest tasting maneuvers at Southern Tier Brewing in Lakewood, New York with Mike Osgood, the Director of Hospitality, as the Cigar Dave Show continues. You, you need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed. By following The General, you'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars, info on the show each week, and see what The General is smoking. Click like at Facebook.com slash Cigar Dave. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. The brand new Cigar Dave mobile app for both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store, search for Cigar Dave and download our brand new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime, any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. Mike Osgood, Director of Hospitality, is our guest as we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest all month on the Cigar Dave Show. We're at Southern Tier Brewing in Lakewood, New York, right on Chautauqua Lake, an hour and a half south of Buffalo. And in front of us, we have 
14 different taps featuring Southern Tears, incredible brews. So if you would be kind enough, Mike, left to right, let's talk about what we're going to be sampling today. Okay. Uh, first, we have our Why the Hell is Not, like I just mentioned. It's a Hellas Lager. Then we have our 2X Smash. Uh, 2X Smash is a double IPA. Uh, the Smash is an acronym for single malt and single hop. Uh, the, the malt is a, a, a superior pale malt. Uh, our hop in this is Mosaic. We have our Harvest, which is our fall seasonal. Uh, we have IPA, which is one of our uh, mainstays, 2X IPA. Cherry Goza, uh, which is a uh, sour beer. Uh, Tangier is our Session IPA. Live is our Citra Hopped Pale Ale. Pumpkin is our Imperial Pumpkin Ale. New School IPA is a, uh, an IPA that we uh, brewed with several citrusy hops and it's almost got almost a tropical twist to it. 2X Tangier is our double IPA brewed with tangerine peels and puree. Warlock is our Imperial Pumpkin Stout. Chocolate Orange is part of our Blackwater series. It's an Imperial um, Chocolate Orange Stout. And then we also have our three citrus peel out, which is an imperial wheat beer brewed with uh, blood orange, tangerine, and grapefruit. What an incredible array of different beers. Yes. And just looking at chocolate stout sounds incredible. The chocolate uh, orange, the three citrus, the pumpkin, that citra hop I can't wait to. So let's start left to right as we begin sure. our Cigar Oktoberfest tasting maneuvers from Southern Tier Brewing Company. Mike Osgood, Director of Hospitality. If you would be so kind, Number one on the tasting list is the Hellas Knot, which is a nice Hellas Lager. Yes. Uh, why the Hellas Knot? Again, this is a, a not a year-round beer. This is a beer that uh, we've uh, brewed specially for uh, the summertime. It is a 4.5% lager. Uh, cheers. Incredible nose. Very, very light, very fruity. Yes, yes. And you pick up some of those aromas that are typical to a, a lager. Mm. This is delightful, light, perfect summer beer. This is a perfect Florida year-round beer because yes. it's hot year-round, but very light. Little bit of just a light tint of sweetness to it. Very little, some notes of citrus, but just very smooth all the way. Very yes. nice. Yeah, not not a lot of hops. Mm. Um, it's more of a focus on the grains and the and the yeast that we use. That lager yeast that we use. Excellent. Next up, we are going to sample the 2X Smash. 2X Smash, so is this similar to the 2X IPA in that it's going to be a double Indian Pale Ale? It is going to be a, a, a strong, hoppy beer, uh, but it is, it's going to be more citrusy than our, our 2X IPA. Uh, that Mosaic Hops has got a lot of citrus notes to it. Uh, yeah, I'm just sort of the aroma. Fruit. Yeah, definitely a fruity, very unique aroma to it. A fruity, not hoppy, but slightly, but very, very... Very nice aroma to it. Yes, um, it's almost got that melon or stone fruit. Melon, that's it. Yeah. Yep. All right, I'm going to take a sip here. Wow, that's nice. Yeah. You get that double IPA with that citrus fruity taste to it. Yes. And again, it's not necessarily real hoppy or what people would think of as hoppy. It definitely has hops in it, but it's the flavor, the hops that we use, the mosaic hops that we use in it, has a very nice fruity, citrusy, melony. Uh, profile. Now, on that particular beer, that same thing, year, this seasonal year beer? Round. No, this is year round. That is year round. So yeah. I could get that uh, throughout the country? Yes. Yeah. That would be definitely on the list. That would go perfectly with a Maduro cigar, Connecticut wrap, medium flavored cigar, 
with that. It's got the double India pale ale flavor, but with those citrus notes, it tames it down a little bit. So you like a Padron 1964 Maduro? Perfect yeah. pairing. Oh yeah, yeah, I can see that. Or Rocky Patel Vintage 99 Connecticut. Oh yeah, I could definitely sit, see myself sitting on the deck and uh, enjoying one of these. Or I'll take a Diamond <laughs> Crown. That Diamond <laughs> Crown too would be pretty good with that as well. Or the uh, new Brickhouse Connecticut as well. All right. Next up is going to be the Harvest. Harvest Special Ale. Tell me about this. Okay, so this is one of our longest running seasonals. Uh, this is a special bitter brewed with Amarillo hops. Um, it's one, uh, probably one of the most popular seasonals that we have downstairs and throughout the country. It's got a really nice flavor profile to it. Now, Amarillo hops, where would those be from? Uh, Washington State. And because of the aroma on this, smelling it very sweet on the nose, would that give it a little bit of that sweet, fruity aroma? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Mmm. That is beautiful. Yes. Very nice. Slight bit of hoppiness with a little bit of sweetness to it. Not overpowering, same thing. Medium, light to medium cigar will go great. Oh yeah, definitely. Mmm. Mm. And this is one of your year-round big sellers. This nope. is just our fall season. Just fall. Oh, harvest. Yep, harvest. It comes out around harvest time. Uh, and again, this is the hops that we use in this is uh, very difficult to get, and we're one of the few breweries uh, that are lucky enough to use it. And what month is the harvest available? Uh, August through October, November. Available in bottles, cans, both? Bottles and draft. Bottles and draft, yeah. okay. Very good. Now we're going to go to the, we're going to sample your IPAs, yes. your original IPA. This is our original IPA, and it is one of our longest running beers. Uh, it, it's uh, around 7%. This is a little stronger than a lot of, some of the IPAs that you see uh, might have had from different breweries throughout the country, um, which gives it a little more sweetness, helps balance out some of those uh, strong hop flavors. Uses cla very classic bittering uh, hops, Columbus, Centennial, Chinook. Um, fantastic beer. All right, we'll say cheers on that. Take a taste. Very interesting. It's not as full. When you say two times IPA, you think it's going to really blow you down? It's not. It's still very smooth. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Very, very nice. What's the bigger seller, the regular IPA or the 2X? They really go back and forth. Um, up in Buffalo area, the IPA is uh, one of our biggest selling beers. I see down in Florida, I know the 2X is very, very big. And a lot it's interesting because many of the wine and liquor stores will carry the larger cans or they'll carry the bottles uh, on an a la carte basis where you can mix, mix and match, make your yep. own six pack, yep. and I'll see that 2X IPA fly off yes. the shelves. Yeah, 2X IPA, again, we started brewing this beer about uh, just over seven years ago, and it quickly became one of our number one selling beers nationally, and it's it's held strong for us for that long time. Um, this again is a, it's different from our standard IPA, a little higher alcohol percentage, about 8.2%. And it uh, uses uh, newer, newer style hops, more citrusy based than, than the classic bittering hops in our IPA. With uh, Mike Osgood, Director of Hospitality, Southern Tier Brewing, we have sampled the Southern Tier Why the Hell is Not, the Southern Tier 2X Smash, a double India Pale Ale, Southern Tier Harvest Special Ale, the Southern Tier IPA, and the Southern Tier 2X IPA. Next up, is an imperial sour ale. This should be interesting. This is the cherry goza. 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 And interesting aroma. 
Oh, is that the wrong one? Yeah. Oh, that's still the two X. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, I wasn't done with it. Hold on a second. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, now this has got boy, this look this has a deep red cherry finish to it. Yes. Uh, this is a, a newer beer. We this is again a year-round selling beer for us. Um, it's an Imperial Goza, uh, which is a, a classic of wheat beer, and uh, we use uh, bacteria that will uh, sour the beer, and then we also add the tart cherry juice to it. Uh, so this is about uh, just over eight percent. Awesome beer for the style. I'll say cheers on that one. I don't know if this is much of a cigar beer. Wow. That's got some, <laughs> ooh, the cherry, a little sour. That reminds you of a sweet tart. Yeah, yeah, very much so. On the yeah. very back of the of the palate, you get that uh, that little sour, uh, just that little sourness, a little bit bitterness, a little bit of that uh, sta sour stimulation. Yeah, what you're tasting term. is lactic acid. Wow. And that acid lowers the pH of the beer and really gives you that sour flavor. It's good, but again, not a probably one that you pair up with a cigar. Is this a seasonal? This is year round. Year round. Yeah. Where is this popular? Because I'm sure this is a niche market for the cherry. The, the, uh, sour beers have just become more and more popular. Um, IPAs are definitely still the most popular style of craft beer, but um, as people's flavors have changed, um, we've, we're, we adapt, and this is definitely becoming uh, something that people are growing a taste for. Um, sours were started out in Belgium and Germany. Um, but this, again, is, is, is you either love it or you hate it. And uh, this is almost drinks more like a wine than it does a beer. Exactly. No question about it. This would be, for people that like wine, not big beer drinkers, the Cherry Goza would be the one. Next up, we're going to enjoy the Tangier, which is a Sesam India, Session. Session India Pale Ale, yeah, which about, is what? It's about 4.5%. So when we say Session beers, Session beers are generally under 5 percent, closer to the four and a half percent. It's uh, beers that are lower in alcohol and just allows you to drink them for a longer period of time. Um, the nose on it is very nice. It's a little bit of hoppiness, but some sweet aromatic. Yes, uh, aroma so too. we have a lot of tangerine peels and tangerine mm. puree in this, uh, so it's got a lot of fruitiness to it. Mm. That's pleasant. That's very good. Very, very yeah. good. Um, and this is available in bottles and cans and draft. So this is very, very nice, very smooth. Again, you do get that a little bit of that tangerine, a little bit of that citrus. Yep. yep. But very, very pleasant. Not a lot of bitterness, not a lot of hoppiness. Very smooth going down all the way. Year round or season? Year round. Year round. Where does this rank in terms of sellers? Because to me this is very, very pleasant. Uh, I, I'm not really sure off the top of my head. Uh, that's not really in my lane, but, but <laughs> very popular downstairs in the, in, in the tasting rooms. rooms. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, what's the number one in your tasting rooms? Uh, most popular in tasting rooms is always going to be our seasonals and our We celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest today from Southern Tier Brewing, Lakewood, New York, just an hour and a half south of Buffalo, with Mike Osgood, the Director of Hospitality, enjoying their incredible lineup of Southern Tier Brews. 
the Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is a Rocky Patel sampler, including the new Hamlet 25th year. This medium-bodied cigar features a cedary Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, a Pennsylvania broadleaf binder, and Nicaraguan and Honduran fillers. Hamlet 25th year honors Hamlet Paredes's quarter century of work in the cigar industry. Want these cigars shipped directly to you each month? Log on to CigarDave.com to join the Officers Club. The Cigar Dave Officers Club is your opportunity to enjoy the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Three cigars shipped directly to you in a special Officers Club pouch. And the October 2017 Officers Club selection comes to us from Rocky Patel. And it features two cigars that were blended by master blender Hamlet Paredes. The Hamlet 25th year and the Tabaquero by Hamlet Paredes. You'll get two of the Hamlet 25ths, a beautiful medium-flavored cigar, incredible complexity, a beautiful Ecuadorian oily wrapper, a Pennsylvania broadleaf binder that surrounds Honduran and Nicaraguan fillers. It is magnificent, and you'll get one of the Tabacero by Hamlet Paredes. So you get two Hamlet 25th, one Tabacero by Hamlet Paredes, a full-flavored cigar coming your way very soon. If you are not a member of the Officers Club, go to CigarDave.com, $22.95 per month, gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Celebrating Cigar Oktoberfest with Mike Osgood, the Director of Hospitality at Southern Tier Brewing, which moves us into the Citra Hopped Pale Ale, meaning there's got to be some citrus in there. It's called, a cit it's called Live Citra Hopped Pale Ale. Yes. Why do you call it Live? Uh, live uh, was what we originally called it based on um, the live yeast that was used uh, to uh, condition the bottles. So we put active yeast in the bottles. helps create more uh, CO2 in the bottles. Also, uh, we are uh, big fans of live music uh, in, in the brewery here. We do a lot of live music downstairs. Uh, so original packaging had um, ticket stubs that uh, Finn and Nate had all concerts that they had been to. Um, and they strategically placed them, took pictures of them, and that was the original bottle label. Um, for live, but it was based off live music and the live yeast that we used to package the beer. Well, the aroma on this citrus, citra hop, definitely get some so citrus. citrus. is a style of hops. Yeah. A variety of hops. But there's say. no citrus because I'll tell you, it's got a citrus aroma to no, it. No, there's not one drop wow. of lemon or any. any That's incredible. In Say so cheers on that. Cheers. Take a sip. That is light. Yeah. Very pleasant. But again, little lemony on there. Oh, yeah. But, but it's all in the hops. All in the hops. But you don't get that hoppy, bitter kind a of stringent, taste. No, yeah. flavor, no. Very, very smooth. Very, and very nice. And that's what we'll say about all of our beers is that they're they're very well balanced. Where do people come when they visit the tasting rooms? You've got one downstairs, one upstairs here in the brewery. Are they mostly local, western New York? They come from across the um, country? What do you notice? We're fortunate enough to have uh, people coming from all over the U.S., especially in the summertime. 
uh, from Indiana, Illinois, Virginia. Uh, I've, I've seen people from all over the U.S., Florida. They, they find you because you're really off the beaten path. I mean, being in Lakewood, just south of Chautauqua Lake, you're not exactly in a big, it's not a big metropolis. You're no. not far from Buffalo and Erie, but nonetheless, people have to make a special trip it, here. It's definitely a destination spot. you got to want to be here. And, and they uh, come all day. And they come all day. All day, every week. Um, we're, we're just very fortunate in the fact that we make such great beers and have such a beautiful spot that it makes people want to travel and, and, and come here and see us. Yeah, the brewery is very unique. There's nothing industrial about it. You've got beautiful wood ceilings. Uh, I mean, this is more like an upscale restaurant than it is a brewery. Yeah, it's, it, it's got a lot of exposed wood. Um, very beautiful. Um, almost like a ski chalet kind of look to it. Um, and then there is also some industry. So you can see through our windows, you can see our 100% barrel brew house, um, which is obviously all metal. Um, so it's just a good mix. Um, a lot of beautiful design went into, into the brewery here. Ski shot, you don't get snow down here, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no snow. That was a trick question. No snow yeah, exactly. A little, I'll tell you, we winters, might get snow next week. Yeah, winter can be a little rough down here. It's a little different, but it's beautiful today. I, I have to tell you, just, you know, just a beautiful day up Picture here in Lakewood, New York. Western New York day. That's right. So, next up, we've got the pumpkin, which is a pumpkin type of ale. Yes, it's our, our imperial pumpkin. Ale. Uh, Pumpkin is one of our most popular ales, uh, most popular beers. Here, uh, this is a seasonal, so again, this is sold through and through the fall. And Pumpkin is one of the original pumpkin ales that have become so popular through craft brewing in the United States. And you think this this is not think, but you know this pumpkin probably really put Southern Tier on the map. Yeah, it was definitely helped catapult us um, in popularity. Yeah, definitely. Now the aroma on this ginger. A um, little bit of cinnamon. Um, it's, it's off the charts. Just pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie. We'll say yeah. cheers. Yeah. We don't want to drink this. We want to eat it. Mm -hmm. mm. Oh, very, that is beautiful. Yeah. So you need a gingerbread man. Oh yeah, it's it's got all those pumpkin pie spices that um, we remember growing up at, at Thanksgiving time. Yep. Uh, just very sweet, uh, bready. Uh, just a just a fabulous pumpkin uh, pumpkin beer. I would venture to say that many people buy, they stock up on the Southern Tier pumpkin in the fall, and they make that last throughout the year until you release it again. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. People stockpile um, the pumpkin, um, try to hold on to it as long as they can, uh, waiting for the, the release again the next year. So. All right, we have sampled nine Southern Tier brews so far. We've started with the Hellas, the white. Let Bruce why the hell is not? Why the hell is not? I knew there was a why not. Why the hell is not? The 2X Smash, nice double IPA. Their Harvest Special Ale, the Southern Tier IPA, the 2X IPA, the Southern Tier Cherry Goza, the Southern Tier Tangier, which is beautiful, the Citra Hop Pale Ale Live, the Pumpkin, or Pumpkin, I should say, and Mike Osgood, the Director of Hospitality. We have four. More, correction, five more to go. I don't want to rush it here. We've got five more. Actually, six, because we're going to try the, the one oh, buffalo. Sure. We'll have to break that yeah. out yeah. as well. But next up is the... New School. New School IPA. New School IPA. S-K-O-O-L. So very hip-hop. Yeah, yeah. A little different spelling and different uh, for the New School. Spelled N-U-S-K-O-O-L. Uh, this is um, basically named for New School Hops. We talk about old school hops and classic hops in our IPA. The new school IPA is a different take using more 
uh, newer variety of hops um, that come out from Washington State. So a big one on this, again, is, is mosaic. So it's going to have a lot of citrus and tropical uh, fruit flavors. Now, you said mosaic's difficult to get? Mosaic is get, getting difficult to get, Because yeah. it's so popular because, because of the unique taste? The unique flavors that that, that hops contains, yeah. Is that a relatively, say, new school, relatively new breed of hop? Uh, new school is, uh, this is our second year making new school IPA. So it is it, it utilizes just completely brand new hops that are uh, just coming out, yes. So it's interesting because when we think of hops, we think of hops obviously been around for many hundreds of years, but now they're coming up with new, strange new varieties of hops. Oh yes, uh, so when you go out to Yakima, Washington, um, it takes several years to come up with a uh, new variety of hops. There's there's procedures, there's time involved, and this is and there's a lot of science involved to coming up with a, a new strain of hops. But, and they're always looking for the new flavor too. Um, so uh, this is uh, this is uses use mosaic, which came out about two years ago. Is Washington State one of the larger growers of hops domestically? Very much so. Yeah. Why is that? Because the soil climate. Uh, I would say it has a lot to do with the growing, just the, the uh, season there, uh, the moisture there, the elevation. It has everything to do with uh, just where it's located in the sun. And, temperature, the climate, everything. What other geographic areas do you get hops uh, for the Southern Tier Foods? Well, we use hops from, from all over the world. If we're making our Pilsner, then we use German-style hops. If we're making an English beer, we'll use English-style hops or get hops from England. Uh, but this 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 area of the world, this, you know, this 42nd latitude or thereabouts, is very, very good for hop growing. So the, the big hop states, I think what, Washington and Oregon as well? Yes. If I'm not mistaken, yep. anywhere else? Uh, actually, New York State. Really? Yes, New York State was one of the largest hop producers pre-prohibition. Uh, and there was a, a blight that went through New York State uh, that also uh, halted the hop production in the U.S. Uh, and that's, a, again, when we start transitioning to a lot of grapes instead of the hops. People don't realize how big of an agricultural state New York State is. They think New York City, Buffalo, Syracuse, Albany, but it is a huge agriculture, cheese, dairy, corn, uh, and apparently, uh, you know, one-time hops as well. Interesting to see if that comes back growing up. Uh, we, we get a lot of people coming up to us and, and saying that they're going to be, um, start transitioning their fields and growing, trying to grow hops. Uh, it, the demand is there. The demand is there, brewing. Mm -hmm. And New York State promotes a lot of this too, so. So Southern Tier, this is the new school IPA. We'll new say cheers. The aroma on this is very unique aroma. It's almost, I'm trying to place it. I can't place it, but very, very unique. We Not citrusy. Tropical. Yeah, tropical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take a sip of the new school. Wow. That's, that smells like it tastes. Oh, yeah. It's got, let me take another taste of this. Not hoppy. I'm trying to get the taste. I'm thinking lemony, very zesty, but very smooth. None of that hoppy sourness on the way down. Right. No, it's a very well-crafted beer. Uh, it took a lot of time and a lot of um, development to come up with this beer, uh, and it's very, very hoppy. What uh, this available year-round? It, it is available year-round in six packs, four packs of cans bottles, 
uh, 12 packs. Uh, it's one of the beers that we've really has grown so much that we we, we have very um, a lot of very for that yeah, just send a keg to Command Center Alpha in the Cigar City of Tampa for me. I'll put right, right, right in here for one day. We're good to go. No problem. Don't worry about the cans or the bottles. Not a problem. That's very pleasant. I'll tell you, that's a very unique flavor, unique taste, and uh, again, not bitter, not overly sweet, but just, I guess, the best way to describe it to me is super pleasant. Oh smooth. yeah, yeah, very smooth, very pleasant, very easy drinking, very approachable for people that um, may not be a big IPA fan. Um, Definitely give a new school a try. I think sometimes you, you can try to describe it. The best thing is just taste it. When you taste it, you get it. Yeah, when we're downstairs and a lot of customers will come up and say, what's your favorite or what's this taste like? I'll, instead of me telling you what it tastes like, how about if I try it, you tell me what it tastes like. We will continue Cigar Oktoberfest tasting maneuvers today on the Cigar Dave Show with Mike Osgood, Director of Hospitality at Southern Tier Brewing Company. Download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, Kindle, and iOS so you can listen to the general anytime, anywhere. The Cigar Dave mobile app is presented by Diamond Crown. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store today. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next? How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Now, who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yet yeah, costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair, genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. In this difficult and challenging time when the government is trying to outlaw premium cigars, and take away the art form of enjoying a beautiful cigar, we decided to introduce our brand called Prohibition. This cigar is gonna be the bootlegger's dream. A gorgeous cigar made in Esteli, Nicaragua, triple cap using a broadleaf wrapper and a Mexican wrapper from the San Andreas Valley. It's got Nicaraguan tobaccos from the Nicaraguan valleys of Esteli and Jalapa. It's rich, it's complex, it's got some spice, some white pepper, and a ton of sweetness. Full of flavor, this cigar is one that you're going to want to enjoy, and you're going to bootleg. And that's why it's called Prohibition. Enjoy it. I promise you're going to love it. With Mike Osgood, the Director of Hospitality at Southern Tier Brewing in their main tasting room on the second level overlooking their major brew house here. Next up, we're going to move into the 2X Tangier, a tangerine peel. 
beer. Tangerine peels and puree, I can only imagine. Nah, so we just, we tried Tangier a little bit ago. Yep, I'm sorry, this is the... 2X Tangier. 2X yep. Tangier. Yep, so this is our uh, double IPA version of this, so it's going to be more, more flavorful. It's going to have more tangerine, more puree, um, and then a little sweeter. All right, I'm going to do this. I just tasted that. It's very pleasant. Let's hit the Tangier one more time. Just a shot. Funny? Okay. We'll let that settle down because I'm going to do a vertical tasting. We're going to do the Tangier, then the 2X Tangier yes. to really kind of get the, you know, the differences. So first up, I'm going to take the Tangier. Nice. Very smooth. Now the 2X Tangier. A little more hoppy, yeah. but not overpowering. But you almost get a little more fruit flavor. I do, but I get a little bit, on my, on my palate, I get a little bit more of the hoppiness on it. Okay. But yeah. it, it's very smooth. It's not one oh, of those things. Is, it's, it's a double IPA, so right. you, you, you want to get more of that. Exactly. But it's not the kind of thing where I'm going to say, oh my God, that 2X, I can't take it. It's just right. overly powerful. No. It's just slightly full. Yes, definitely. With a little bit more of that hoppiness on it. So the 2X series is always is going to be a little more flavorful, a little more uh, stronger flavor, a little higher alcohol than our standard series. But again, not overpowering, not the kind of thing where somebody that likes the Tangier is going to look at the 2X Tangier and say, oh, it's way too powerful way too for me. It's just yeah. a little bit more on the hoppiness, a little bit more on the alcohol content. Now next, this is the beer that I was trying to remember that I sampled. And this is the, I said it was a stout. Yep. This is the Southern Tier Warlock, Warlock which is Imperial. a... Imperial Pumpkin Stout? Yes, Imperial Pumpkin Stout. So this has got the same alcohol percentage as our, our pumpkin, which is uh, just over 8.5%. And it is a beautifully made Imperial Stout. It's got a lot of those similar profiles as pumpkin with all those pumpkin pie spices. I'm getting pumpkin pie spice with notes of dark roast coffee. Oh, yeah, definitely. No doubt about it. So we'll yeah. say cheers on this. Again, this looks like you're drinking coffee. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Yeah. Very uh, notes of pumpkin with the espresso. Yeah. You like, and again, not overpowering, not hoppy at all. No. Don't let the dark color no. fool you. No, the, that that dark uh, malts that we use to make this beer just give it a nice roasty flavor. Fantastic. So far, we everyone's a winner, Mike. You're you're, you're, you're batting a thousand. Uh, I'm twelve for twelve. Uh, exactly. The good news is we have two more. And next up, again, we're going to go stick with the kind of a unique type of. Uh, stout, a chocolate orange, and you spell it a chocolate, C-H-O-K-L-A-T, orange, O-R-A-N-J. Yes. Um, we've had people say it's chocolate orange, but it's definitely just chocolate orange. And we grew, grew up eating those chocolate orange candies, so this is uh, something that uh, we were definitely trying to duplicate when we were making this beer. Man, the chocolate, dark chocolate aroma coming off of this chocolate very, orange, very, off very, the charts. Very chocolatey, uh, and that hints of hint of orange. It's it's an awesome beer. I almost don't want to drink this. I want to just smell Ooh. it, and, and the aroma is incredible. But I will say cheers on cheers. that, and we'll take a sip. Very strong chocolate. Oh, that is amazing. Yeah, chocolate with the orange. Very smooth. Not overpowering, not hoppy. That is amazing. Just yeah. incredible. How do you how do you brew that? Uh, 
I let them do that. You let them do that. <laughs> but how do they, is it, is it infused with chocolate orange or do they use, is uh, it very no, subtle? They, they, they use a lot of chocolate. Uh, and again, when you're talking getting a beer up to 10%, oh. you're talking a lot of That's sugars. 10%? That's 10%. I would think this is a 5%, 4-5%. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very strong alcohol, but that, that alcohol, all those malts that are used, that are, you are using, um, help give it that sweetness, that smoothness. So. Also seasonal? Very, yeah. Very, which is? <laughs> this is uh, available between July and September. So summer months, interesting. I would yeah. think this would be available more in the winter months, but well, are we do a Blackwater for every every season. Now talk about so. Blackwater because I see it says Blackwater series. Okay, so Blackwater we do our chocolate orange, we do salted caramel, uh, we do our creme brulee. Uh, so we have several beers in the series, and we release them throughout the throughout the year. So salted caramel. Uh, when will that be coming out? That will be coming out in September. So we're taking this in August, it's running October. <laughs> so I expect a shipment, a box of that coming, because yeah, yeah, I can't wait. If yeah. it's as good as this chocolate orange, yeah. off the charts. Yeah, salted caramel is, is, we started brewing that last year, and it became very, very popular. So I'm sure you must fly through that. Oh yeah, it's, it's a great beer. A lot of vanilla, and that uh, almost that burnt sugar flavor. Oh, it's just phenomenal. All right, last but not least, we've had 13 winners Mike, a lot of pressure on you, 14 for 14. Next up, the final piece de resistance is the Southern Tier. Three Citrus Peel Out. Now, this is going to be a little bit of a jump to go from an Imperial Stout to a um, wheat beer like this, but we'll do it nonetheless. All right, and again, a wheat beer is going to be a little smoother, not as hoppy. Um, to be considered a wheat beer, you have to have at least 50% of the beer uh, you use wheat as the grain. Now, this is uses uh, blood orange juice from uh, Italy and uh, grapefruit peel and tangerine peel as well. All right. So this is a, a very, this is what we call a citrus bomb. Citrus bomb, year-round? Yeah. Year, uh, no, this is a summer. Uh, summer. Yep. All right, we'll say cheers. Last but not least, this is the three citrus peel out from Southern Tier. Take a taste. Oh, yeah. Major citrus, yeah. A little bit of sweetness, very we citrusy. Call this almost like a beer mosa. That's a perfect descriptor. <laughs> a it's, beer it's mosa. Got, yeah, it's, it's it's got some dryness to it. Yeah, but uh, very champagne. Yeah, very very uh, dry, but it's got a lot of that fruit flavor that you uh, orange flavor that you uh, have in like a, a traditional mimosa. But we 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 like to call it a beer mosa. Very good and also mixing mixing cocktails. You could serve this on a Sunday brunch with put little orange slices in it. Oh yeah. Definitely. Little umbrella and you know, you are good to go. Now when you talk about cigars, this I have paired well with a very nice mild Connecticut. Yeah, there's only you can only do a mild Connecticut. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you did anything more than a mild Connecticut, yeah. a sweet Connecticut, like I could see the new Macanudo White, a Macanudo, a Romeo and Julieta Reserve Leo. Yes. Yeah. A diamond crown. Anything after that, I think it would just drown out this three citrus yes. peel yeah. flavor. But very, very nice. 14 beers, all of them exceptional. Great story with Southern Tier Brewing, Lakewood, New York. And uh, Mike, very interesting because people now, they've heard this, they can find, they can go to one of their craft brew stores or many other larger type of uh, 
uh, of wine and spirit stores, and we're seeing bigger sections of craft brews being brought in at these, what I call, big box type of wine and spirit stores. Chances are they'll see a southern tier oh, beer. Definitely. Probably the 2X IPA for sure, and the pumpkin for sure, definitely. coast to coast. Yeah, definitely, yes. And, you know, the more popular brands, the, the, the better chances that you're going to see in a different um, larger wine and spirit stores. Mike, greatly appreciate the incredible uh, the tour of, of the brewery as well as the tasting. Southern Tier Brewing, a great story. Overnight success that just took 15 years of overnight, That's right? exactly, exactly. And next time we got to bring Finn and we got to have a cigar and some tastings. Oh, yeah, too. definitely, yes. Sounds good. Mike Osgood, the Director of Hospitality of Southern Tier Brewing. We have sampled 14 incredible Southern Tier beers to celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest today on the Cigar Dave Show. 14 beers. Experience at Southern Tier Brewing during my trip up there back in mid-August. What an incredible sampling we had. And I've got to tell you, the Salted Caramel Stout, which I've seen available across the country, their Chocolate Orange Stout, their 2X IPA, their Citra, their Pumpkin, which is really available anywhere. You'll love it. They've got one called the Imperial Cinnamon Roll Ale. If you can find it, get it off the charts. So a great way to spend Cigar Oktoberfest. Special thanks to Mike Osgood, Director of Hospitality at Southern Tier Brewing. Cigar Dave, the General saying, may our humidor always be full. May our cutter always be sharp. May our ash be extra, extra long. Semper Delectatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Cheers and happy Oktoberfest.